You're listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Welcome back, everyone, to another installment of Two Sons of Tatooine. I'm Nathan, a.k.a. NP Bro, and I'm joined by two familiar guests of the show today. My friend Trent, who is a guest with me on episode 8, and also James, who you may know is my normal co-host's brother, uh, James. You are Jonathan's brother. And I know you've been on other podcasts with Jonathan, but I think this is your first time to be on Two Sons of Tatooine. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Welcome, brother. You are you are very welcome here. Our topic today, everyone, is going to be Jedi Fallen Order, which was released um, in 2019, um, November the 15th. Uh, single player, third person, hack and slash style game uh, set in the time period between episode three and four, specifically five years after the great Jedi purge. For those of you who out there who have not played the game yet, but are considering it, we will try to use spoiler tags today when we get to discussing main spoilers spoilery plot points things uh but we may not catch everything um so let's start things off uh i'm gonna throw it to trent and then i'll throw it to james but um uh, trent what system did you play fallen order on and which do you recommend okay so i play uh, most of my games on computer um and so i was on uh actually two different types of computers so this is a little interesting um but first i, I do want to say that a lot of the a lot of the computer uh crowd for a lot of games is very keyboard and mouse focused but for this game in particular uh they recommended playing with a controller and i did find that helped out a lot when i was first getting started um now here's what's interesting on my second playthrough i upgraded to a new computer since the last time i played it and i'm playing it with just a keyboard and mouse and i would i would say that if you're gonna play with keyboard and mouse just do some rebindings on your keys and you're good to go yeah, I played on I played on Xbox One, and hearing about the quality of the PC, as far as especially if your game is on an SSD drive, and how much quicker it would load, which the load screens on on Xbox, I will just tell you, it's it is very very painful sometimes to die and then wait a minute and then die again and then wait another minute of of respawn time. So James, what did you play on? Well, I played on the PlayStation Four. Perfect. Yeah. We have perfect representation here. So what was your experience? <laughs> um overall I actually felt like the graphics and like the way it was set up for the system was a great experience. It was more towards the very end of the game that I started to see some glitches and some issues with like the play the gameplay and everything. So um uh which I'll probably talk a little bit more in like our spoiler uh session of the review and everything. So Yeah. 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 As far as some of the characters being spawned and like the T pose and things like that, if the game occasionally would get under overwhelmed and, uh, you know, as far as spawning certain amounts of enemies, I think, I think for the most part though, every system is able to handle it and they have done a good job smoothing out almost all of the bugs, I would say. So, um, would you recommend Trent having, have you played it on the other systems? Would you think PC is by far the best way to play it. Well, look, I know there's a, a meme about PC and stuff like that. I, I don't subscribe to that. I think everybody's got their own preferences because um, life is more than just a computer. Sometimes you're a dad and you gotta play consoles whenever you need to do that. <laughs> but uh, I, I would I would say, and and I want to fully disclose this before we get any further. 
I'm a huge fanboy of the developer Respawn. Um, and so I think they optimize this game really, really well. There's only a few ugly points that I think are, are manageable, like the Wookiees. Those are hard to program their fur. <laughs> Um, but I think right. any any system, even on my old computer, it ran really well. Um, I don't have a lot to say about load times, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Well, maybe you didn't die as much as I did. Well, I, <laughs> I just don't rem- I don't remember them as much. <laughs> yeah. So the graphics, I was very, very pleased with, too. I, I think, James, you were kind of alluding to the graphics a second ago, but, you know, in the backgrounds, I know they probably they kind of painted some matte you know, kind of scenes that you would you would get up high enough and you would be able to see, like at parts of Kashyyyk, you could see the big tree and you could see um, when you're on the shipyards, you could see way off in the distance. When you're on Ilum, you get to see deep into the cavern that eventually would become Starkiller Base. Uh, retroactively, spoiler there on Ilum. Just as a, maybe kind of a small... Retroactive spoiler, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe kind of. If you heard that, forget that you heard it. <laughs> Apologies mm-hmm. there, but... Um, yeah, some of those really good background shots, you know, you do want to take those in. I thought that was that was one of the one of the cool points of it. I would love more exploration, you know. I would love more of that of that type of thing that that we got. So, yeah. all right, difficulty. There are four modes of difficulty in this game. It goes from, well, really, you know, kind of hard, <laughs> which I think is just called Jedi. Or Padawan, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. And then Jedi Knight, which is what I played on, which is basically hard. Then Jedi Master, and then lastly Jedi Grandmaster. And the way that they do the the way that they balance it is, as you get up in the difficulty, your your enemies do way more damage to you, and you do way way less damage to them. And uh, parrying is also a smaller window. You can parry, and it's just a, it's a smaller window on the difficulty change. Really, so. Mm. So as far as the timing, it gets even tougher, which yeah. that whole, you know, that whole system, it was very fun, but it takes a lot of practice, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as as far as like right out of the gate, let's just talk about like the entry entry point, which um, what's the name of that planet? Um, Zepho or Bongo? Um, Bogano, whatever. Braca, Braca. So this is the the tutorial level, basically. It's a very linear little storyline, and you you basically you know you just you're platforming a whole bunch of climbing, and then at the very end you're on a train and you're getting your lightsaber and you're hacking through a few stormtroopers and they're trying to teach you kind of the the basics of combat. Like I feel like even that, um, like there was there was an infinite load of stormtroopers at one point that would just keep spawning mm-hmm. if you didn't progress yeah. if you didn't figure out what you were supposed to do you would just eventually you would just die because <laughs> this endless wave of stormtroopers coming do you know what I'm talking about James um i think so it, it, the funny thing about this game is that it has been quite a while since i have played it because i played it towards the very end of 2019 and um even since then like there's several moments that I did forget about over the time of playing. So right. It's a miracle and, you got me on this podcast. Cause, uh, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll refer to you as the, as the one time playthrough and your experience with it is, is actually good because what you'll be able to offer is like what things stuck with you and what things mm-hmm. were, were able to re- be retained mm-hmm. even oh, after yeah. six, seven months. You know, if if the game was successful in doing those things, then then we'll know that it was a it was successful in that area. So, all right, questions. Let's talk a little bit about 
difficulty. What difficulty did you play on, James? I played on Jedi Knight difficulty, I believe. And I think I switched it at several parts. Like, I know that's probably a terrible thing to do, but there was just some moments where... And maybe it's because I'm not as well of an experienced gamer as I should be, but... I think I switched it at some point to Padawan or to like the lower <laughs> setting uh, just because I was having too much issues with, uh, say, one of, I think it was the Inquisitor, the Ninth Inquisitor, that I was having most frustration. But then after that battle, I switched it back to uh, Jedi Knight. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that's fair. All right. So, yeah. so Je- um, well, Trent, let me talk to you now because I know you you probably went to the, to the hardcore what have you played on, and what's your typical setting? So my my typical playthrough when I play through any game is I try to make it as difficult as possible because I apparently love pain. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I like to turn off like I like to turn off health bars if I have health bars. I like to turn off all the HUD and make it on the hardest difficulty. But the first time I played this game, my wife was so interested in, in watching me play which is an experience on its own when you got somebody watching you play. <laughs> yeah. And so and she didn't want to watch me play fight the same person 20 times, you know, as you have to do sometimes. Uh, so I, my first playthrough, I did it on Jedi Master, uh, and that was fun. It was That was good enough for me to get through the story and her to stomach having to watch the same cutscenes over and over again. <laughs> um, and then my current playthrough I'm going through again just to enjoy, and I'm going to try to 100% at this time, is uh, Grand Musta. So oh my. I'm doing it on the hardest difficulty and uh, it is it is so much fun but equal parts frustrating. I really mm. respect that. <laughs> I think James is probably in agreement like having played through Jedi Knight and feeling like it's a hard game, you know, it it takes a whole lot of practice to do what you're talking about doing. Some something else is interesting about the difficulty uh, cuz you can totally survive this game. Well, you can survive most parts of this game just by button mashing, just by spamming your 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 primary strike. But there's two reasons to get better at the game. Uh, one, so that you can complete it. But two, you look so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. Like, so when you throw your lightsaber, which is something you, you do unlock later on, it's kind of a minor spoiler there. But when you get to throw your lightsaber, you look cool. So you want to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, when you dodge perfectly, when you when you block perfectly and you're surrounded a lot of the the tougher fights you're you're facing you know two or three opponents with melee weapons that are able to be you know i mean they can almost attack you simultaneously where you're constantly holding and timing the the block button Mm -hmm. and if you are able to you there's an ability where you can force dodge and um, on on xbox it's like the b button and if you time it just right you can do like a slow motion dodge and uh There have been moments of greatness, yes. not many of them, where you like perfect block, yeah. perfect dodge, perfect block, and then like right as the opponent is doing a power attack, the satisfaction that you get from just that timed kill, yeah. it, it really it makes the game so much more enjoyable, and it almost, it almost makes you want to keep going after dying 15 times in that previous fight. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. And w- waiting through the death screen. And then you instantly like hunt for a save point. You're like, I gotta save it right now. <laughs> Let's talk about the save points. So, James, kind of explain how those works to the best of what you remember. Okay, so from what I remember, the save points is that it's uh, Jedi meditation field. So you get to that point, and you basically can save. You can upgrade your health. Uh, you can uh, bring it back to full health all the way. But as you do that you 
respawn all of your enemies in that moment, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and actually kind of disliked that a little bit personally in the game, <laughs> just because I'm like, these enemies come back to life. It's like, this doesn't feel like Star Wars, all the bad guys coming back to life and everything. And it's like, this is a little weird. But then again, I guess like it's partially because of the company that made it being called Respawn. Of course, things are going to respawn. So they were just living to their name, I suppose. <laughs> that's probably a terrible explanation, but... <laughs> no, no, I think that's good. It, the first time you learn that, when you like, especially when you fight somebody pretty significant and then you respawn and you're like, what? I just killed those guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And yeah, that oh, that was one of the biggest shocks in the game. Just seeing that as like, um, okay, so this is going to be a normal thing. <laughs> Hopefully, not for the bosses. Right. Yeah. Right. There, uh, there are a few places where you can get quite far away from a meditation point, and then die. <laughs> yeah. And then end up after a you know a, one one minute loading screen, just going ah. I give up almost because you're so far away from where you were. Um, now, there are quick deaths. When you fall, you lose a small bit of, of your health, and then you immediately respawn. Those are actually, the quick deaths are fine. You know, you, yeah. can, you can fall and you're, you're back. I thought those were handled really well. Yeah, you just lose a little bit of health. And so if, if you're like an inch away from death and you fall off the cliff, you're, you're for sure dead. But if you just fall off a cliff and your full health it, it puts you back up there and knocks a few off so that's a really cool yeah. force ability we're gonna call that well, force teleport away from death yeah. Sidious did well, that well it's so easy tunnel. to fall in that game <laughs> that if they hadn't done that then it would have been a much more frustrating and annoying game to play it I think um, yeah no that how many times you die no joke the platforming although you do die plenty I mean I thought it was really fun to just run around the walls and you know, the climbing, it does get tedious, but you get a faster climbing ability and on mm -hmm. Dathomir, so that's good. That speeds it up. You know, you know they really, they tried to make the, the climbing seamless. And, yeah. I mean, the, the scenes where you climb, like the AT, AT, oh my gosh. I mean, that was awesome. Mm, yeah. That was, <laughs> that was a really creative and cool way. You chase this thing down. You're swimming, chasing mm -hmm. down an AT, AT, and, and you know, you climb up it and then jump and then kill the guys inside i mean you go inside of, i mean you you do you basically you do the luke yeah you are the luke but you get to go inside mm -hmm. and see what the i thought i thought the insides were a little bit bigger than i even expected yeah that was pretty cool and I, there was a fake out i don't know if you remember this but it was probably one of the i think i have three complaints about this game um and they're they're not major i would, st I would still give this you know a really good review but these are three minor complaints and Spoiler in alert. we'll do the review our final opinion at the end <laughs> yeah at the end so okay. so this is so this is just in that atat -AT. you you're, crawl, you're crawling through it and at one point there's a mounted speeder bike and you you get on it to just climb over it but you get on it like you're oh, going to fly yeah. it and i'm like oh yes i get to ride this oh wait no <laughs> it's just a prop <laughs> so that was kind of a letdown but i get why they didn't do it mm -hmm. yeah there was no speeder bikes that would have been a nice addition maybe sequel yeah the closest that we get is the mud slides and the ice slides that you get to kind of ride down standing you know and and you know yeah at jumping force pulling a vine towards you you know it, it was really really fun to just explore it just took an awful long time to get anywhere <laughs> so no fast travel no fast travel james do you remember like 
what was the most frustrating thing for you about not being able to maybe not get, being able to get back to your ship or something after you finish a level and you're like <laughs> huh. I I still think the most frustrating thing was the respawning actually where your enemies respawns uh, whenever you regain your health I I can't remember too many like disappointing gameplay matters or anything like that that was really irritating for me I, I think overall I was pretty amazed by the way you could just play through it I'm a big fan of um, any storyline games like I used to play Uncharted and The Last of Us and all these other ones and I think that the fact that this game carried a lot of those same mentalities of like you're playing through a story but then something changes or you're about to climb up something but then you you slip and you fall and then it's like a moment of the story I, I enjoy that type of gameplay because it's like you're watching a movie but you're actually playing uh in the movie or you're making decisions in the movie. And so I, I really enjoyed that. That's a really cool way of putting it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really good. And the, the graphics definitely top of the top of the line for any star Wars game that we put, that we've seen um, the depth. Cause you get, you get so much like up and down movement and things like that, that you, you really feel the immersiveness of some of these worlds that, you know, um, and we can talk about the worlds in a second, but let's talk about force powers real quick, okay? So mm-hmm. we <laughs> we we take over. Um, did you play Force Unleashed, James? I, you know, it's funny. I tried playing through that game. I think it was through PS Network or uh, like PlayStation Network. You can pay like thirty bucks a month. It's kind of like the Netflix of video game networks on uh, PlayStation, but. I tried playing through it and I couldn't get through it. Like really the, the story looked intriguing and I've seen other people play it before, but I think there was just a point I had to stop. You got bored, bored with it. Yeah. I got bored, which is surprising because it seemed like a very exhilarating game. And it's not very long of a campaign. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, Trent, you played it, right? Yeah. It's been a long time. And, uh, I, this is very shallow of me, but I'm a, I'm a man of, of visual quality and it's hard to revisit some of those older games even though it still looks good i'm like ah, oh, but it's not as good as fallen order <laughs> i'm shallow in that yeah. regard well and i might have played it too late that's probably the reason why i lost interest is because uh i played it in 2016 or something like that and so by that time yeah uh games had improved by a large scale so well in i would say that this game is kind of the antithesis to to that where in every way, the force was described as a wrecking ball, that it was absolutely mm. just a destructive force of nature, which the force of nature, uh, <laughs> which you can like just obliterate batches and batches of enemies with. Um, Fallen Order takes the opposite approach. Um, mm-hmm. So, what do you think about a game in which you are a Jedi Padawan that's not near as powerful as even a Jedi Knight, a full Jedi Knight? who has to rediscover what was that like um let me just ask to trent first yeah that's a a great uh great question so they the developers um there's a lot of commentary that you can watch about this they go back and forth about how do you turn that knob of force power and to make it as a fun gameplay but not lore breaking because force unleashed is really hard to reconcile with the rest of the universe that we get to see Mm. um because there's some things that you do in that game that are like Wait, wait a second. How do you do that? Um, <laughs> so there's a, there, there's an interesting co- a quote from the developer. I'm going to paraphrase here. But they were in talks. They were in very intimate talks with Lucasfilms about what is lore breaking and what's not. And the Lucasfilms people were saying, hey, you know, he, 
he definitely frees his enemies pretty frequently. And so even, even though it's toned down compared to force unleashed, um, Lucasfilms was still like, Hey, you know, it's, you still may be doing it too frequently by spamming your, your, your freeze button. Mm -hmm. Um, but respawn just said this, it's fun. It's a game. It's supposed to be fun. So we're going to have to bend the rules a little bit. Um, but I think that they, they dialed in that balance really well between feeling overpowered and, um, but also at the same time, you're playing someone who didn't complete their training and has been distant from the force for a little bit of time. So I think I think they did, they balanced it and introduced powers really well. Um, James, would you say that the powers that Cal uses are consistent with what we would expect from a, fa- a Padawan across all nine episodes of Star Wars? I would say so. I mean, I think that the great thing about the game is that you don't learn all your force powers immediately. It's it's uh, developed and everything. And I think that that was one of the great things about the game is that. Uh, they don't give everything to you immediately. You receive things over time, like, uh, spoiler alert, you get a double-bladed lightsaber and, like, all those <laughs> other things. I mean, the double-bladed lightsaber, that doesn't have to do with the Force power, but I think that was a surprise because I've never seen a Jedi with uh, a double-bladed lightsaber that connected together like Darth Maul. And I thought that that was a little bit surprising. As far as Force power goes... Um, the ones that I saw in the game, they seem to be pretty accurate according to anything that I remember from the Star Wars canon and even looking yeah. at the prequels and everything. I think all of it seemed to be very practical according to what you saw the Jedi being able to do and what Luke was able to do. Um, and so it made sense. And I think that it was cool that it wasn't just like immediately you actually had to go back and see these uh, tutorials or these flashbacks of learning how to redo things or how to how to climb how to yeah. how to use the force and force jump and all these other things like i thought that was a great way of unleashing or, or like slowly unwinding these different abilities yeah i i totally agree with that on my most recent playthrough i noticed some things that are called back or uh, they're foreshadowing to things you learn later so spoiler alert uh, for some of the end stuff but when young cal loses his lightsaber it falls down a shaft in the ship um and when you when you're as a grown-up cal you recall your force pull ability when you fall down on zepho and your lightsaber is fixing to fall down an empty shaft and you Mm -hmm. you have that flashback and you remember your lightsaber pulling training and so that's when you are able to recall that which is it's seamless and it's emotional even and it's i think they do that really really well um, I had a, I had a questions uh, for for James and for Nathan. Uh, both of you guys answer this because uh, this seems to be a, an interesting question amongst the community of people who like this game. But at what point did you unlock your double bladed lightsaber? Because it's different for different yeah. People. Well, I've done two playthroughs all the way, and a third that I've done part part of the way. And I know that there's an option for people right after you finish uh, Bagamo to go to Dathomir. Yeah. And <laughs> Trent's like, yeah, because it's hard. That planet <laughs> is tough. You face the toughest enemies in the in the game. They're right there, basically when you walk off the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the advantage of it is you do get that double bladed lightsaber much quicker. So I tried going that way, got frustrated, and then left. That was on my second playthrough. Um, on my third playthrough, I finished it. But um, my first time playing through it, I went ahead and went to Zepho which I really liked. And then I came back 
to Wigamo and did a little extra exploring as soon as I unlocked a few more abilities, I think. Maybe it was, um, I can't recall if it was like the upwards of a zip line or if it was, maybe it was double jump, but you have to have one of one or two of those to be able to get to the place where, where the set, you know, where you can get your second, second or your double bladed lightsaber. And, uh, when they, I mean, it was a surprise. I think we were all excited. Yeah. Like, I was I was pumped. Yeah. I was like, okay, yes, this is cool, and it really makes a difference handling crowds. Um, so that was me. What about you, James? Oh boy, I actually don't remember. <laughs> That's think, okay. I want to say it was either on just before getting on Kashyyyk, uh, but I I can't remember which planet it was. It might have been Zepho or oh gosh. Well, I'll, I'll, it was the one with the um uh. The different night witches that was Dathomir, yeah. Dathomir, okay, yeah. I feel like that was it, but then again, I could be wrong because um, my memory, like, <laughs> as far as like the order of storyline and everything, I almost wonder if it was on the planet of Elum, but I don't think that was actually the case. Well, I think that would have made the most sense. I would have, I would have liked for everybody to get their double bladed lightsaber at Ilum. Like, I think mm-hmm. that would have made a whole lot of sense. Um, I. My first playthrough, because I wasn't exploring, again, my, my wife was not interested in watching me collect ponchos. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she was like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So I just stopped exploring. I, I, this doesn't make any sense lore-wise. I got my double-bladed lightsaber at the top of the tree on Kashyyyk. Oh, you went all the way to there. I went all the way there, yeah. and I think that's probably the last place you can go before they force you to take it because of the fight with the Ninth Sister at the top. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's as far as you can go before you can get it. And I was like, well, this is awesome, but why is it here on the top of this tree? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, it, so there's the way you found it, Nathan, I think is probably the most relevant story wise, because mm-hmm. that's where the, that jet, that long past Jedi is, what's his name? Again? Uh, Cordova, Cordova. Right. So that's where you find mm-hmm. BD one. And so it makes sense for there to be extra lightsaber parts there. So anyway, it's it's always an interesting question amongst the community of like where'd you where'd you get yours at and where'd you go because there is some exploration to the game which is fun. Yeah, I like that they they definitely allowed for multiple paths and you can do some things and get a reward earlier on and do things in your own order. That's a little bit a la Nazi the Old Republic where you can choose the order of the planets that you go to. Yeah. I would have preferred more planets, um, but the planets themselves, they take a good amount of time. And even when you think you've explored everything, there's still that you're sitting at 96% explored and you just go back through looking and looking and looking and like, yeah. what did I miss? What, what mm-hmm. have I not done? Like where you go everywhere, you're looking because you pull out your hollow map like every 10 seconds in yeah. this game when you're, when you're yeah. looking for something because you're, if you're trying to complete a world to 100%, you're just, you don't know what you missed so you just have to go back through everything and look. They they intentionally designed the game that way too. I don't I don't know if, if a lot of people listening are, or if you guys are familiar with the term Metroidvania type or it's a style of game. It's very, it's like Metroid or Castlevania if you mm-hmm. could uh, imagine mm-hmm. that connection. But um so uh, Bagano was designed specifically with that in mind because you, you get to a place where it's obvious the next section is reached by wall running. But you're like, I can't wall run. Mm-hmm. And then you get wall running and you you have to remember, oh, that's right. I can go back and look at that secret area on Bagano. And so it's it's fun <laughs> to do that, that gatekeeping with that mechanic, uh, with exploration. So a lot of people enjoy that. Some people find it frustrating, but I liked it. And I really would have enjoyed the ability to 
when we've talked about this, but in our new game plus, which once you beat the game, James, you can go back and you start a new game and every item that you got in your playthrough, you will still have in your inventory. So you can still oh, have yeah. that love the green poncho you worked so hard to find at the bottom of <laughs> the swamps of Zepho, you know, <laughs> or, you yeah. know, the yellow one. This, on- this might I mean, this might be a little bit off trail, but what did you guys think about collecting the ponchos uh, as far as like part of the gameplay? What, like personally speaking, what did, what did you guys think about? Did Was that cool to you or did that make any difference? I couldn't have cared less about the ponchos, but yeah. the lightsaber parts. Oh my gosh. I wanted every lightsaber part. I wanted every lightsaber color for my hilt that I could have. Because if you want to start, we can talk about it now. But lightsaber customization in this game is the best it's ever been in any Star Wars game, in my opinion. For sure. So you can, in, in the, you really, you, you have every single blade color that I think has ever been used in a Star Wars game, including like my personal favorite, Orange, which hasn't appeared for a while. And mm-hmm. once they did the update, <clears throat> Um, all this this is only on a new game plus James but you can mm. you can have a red lightsaber you just oh. have to wear you just have to wear the Sith Inquisitor uniform worth it which wow which uh, you have to wear that uniform James <laughs> that's my favorite <laughs> is, he is a big fan of that so. uh, uh, okay so there's a spoiler there's a moment in the game when you have a dark vision of the of the potential future and it's you in the mm-hmm. dark and then you light up your lightsaber and it's double bladed red and you're wearing imperial garb, like inquisitor oh, garb, yeah. and you mm-hmm. look awesome. And it's that's it. It's not an unlockable, which I thought it was. And then you know, a couple months later, I think it was actually May fourth of this year for mm-hmm. Star Wars Celebration, they released New Game Plus and that. And I was so excited. That's when I started my playthrough again. Nice. And uh, that's all I'm wearing right now. Uh, really? Just to answer your poncho question, I, I didn't I didn't get to unlock a lot of them. I I feel like the ponchos are probably the least interesting thing to find but the other stuff like the lightsaber customization the man mm-hmm. the mantis skin colors and especially bd1s yeah i like customizations those, those that's what drove me i like, eh. i would have been a much bigger fan and i know jedi robes aren't just lying at the bottom of like a random crash starship but, yeah and a poncho is that's more lore friendly but i would have been so much happier if you had a lot more, it wasn't just, hey, look, a new color of poncho, but you got to give at least some kind of armor. I mean, a la, like, let's think Obi-Wan with partial robe, partial yeah. stormtrooper or clone trooper armor, you know, or shoulder pads or, you know, shoulder plates, whatever mm-hmm. they have, or chest plate. Any kind of, I mean, with all that they did on the customization of your lightsaber, they could have done some of that on, on his armor. He would have looked even cooler. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mean, even with the Sith Inquisitor, you only get the one color. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you could do like even alternate variations of the color of that. Oh yeah, like I'll a solid it. black oh, yeah. one, because all, all Imperials, you know, officers have different uniforms depending on their rank, you know, mm-hmm. and their station mm-hmm. and things like that. So that would have been a cool way that that would have made it just as um, desirable yeah. as the Indeed. skins for BD and for the mantis and and of course the lightsaber parts yeah i painted my mantis black and bd1 is red and i'm like yeah i'm an evil guy but I'm you doing are all the so stuff. evil <laughs> I, w- I will say the only color that's not represented and i'm i'm, I'm okay with this being like a, a reserved color is the dark saber color like having it black with some white trim yeah like i'm mm-hmm. i think that needs to be reserved specifically for that lightsaber i i, yeah. I agree with you um, I was just shocked at the magenta and yellow colors because yeah. that was the first time seeing that. I think before I saw 
Ray Skywalker's lightsaber and everything. Yeah. Oh wait. <laughs> Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Raid Shadow Legends. Um, they're not a sponsor of the show. So, so James, what was your lightsaber like? Do you remember anything about like the final version that you had, like, or do you keep? Did you just keep messing with it and changing stuff about it every single time you used it? I think I just kept changing it because I liked different elements to it, and I can't remember if it was like chrome that I used. I think I liked more of the shiny elements, but I can't mm-hmm. remember what specific. Uh, metals or alloys that that were used uh i think it ended up being either purple or magenta just because i thought that was so unique and and interesting yeah um but then you know i think i switched it back to blue and green every once in a while too because you know blue lightsaber is pretty cool blue is the classic as far as mine i was i was orange a lot of the time like you i definitely did some of the chrome but I messed around with like the grays that are more of a matte that didn't have the the kind of hue or, or shine to them, uh, the polished look, and I thought those were just as cool. Um, and you mm-hmm. can, I mean, if you wanted to, you could do a full on like red or something like that. Um, they they even added a Hajian smelt, which, as we know, that was the <laughs> metal they used in Last Jedi. Um, so that's mm. it's kind of cool to um, now. I would have enjoyed it if they included Electrum, just because if if you if you didn't know Electrum was a, only allowed for Jedi Masters to have on their lightsaber, so <clears throat> if you could have found that somewhere and put it on your saber, the ghost of Mace Windu would come out and be really mad at you. Say <laughs> <laughs> you're not allowed. I think yeah. Well, there, I think there were probably you mentioned the Jedi robes as well. It'll have been cool to see that unlock in very lore specific areas uh, for example this is something i learned on my second playthrough because again i can explore on this one in the crashed venerator um mm-hmm. which that's that is something from uh, the the republic that the jedi were on like that's their that's kind of their ship mm-hmm. it'd have been cool to find that in a crash one somewhere right um you could have that, that would have been like i think acceptable lore wise like oh you just kind of scavenged this yeah, and in Cordova's like little workstations and things, right? To have found more Jedi-specific articles of clothing or whatever there, yeah. I my here's my one complaint about the lightsaber customization: the lighting. Like every time I was on a workbench that wasn't on the Mantis, I couldn't even see. It was so dark. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was trying to see the color. You know, I was trying to find out like what matches and what works, and it's like yeah. trying to turn up the brightness on my screen. Um, I thought I was like, BD, would you like shout a light on this or something? BD, he's just beeping away over there as happy as he could be. I love that little <laughs> droid. But <laughs> yeah. And we don't actually get to see up close shots very, very frequently of your lightsaber. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a matter of you walking around with it. And it is cool. You can see it. But I would have liked to see it more up close because you have so much customization of it. And I would have liked to have better lighting on the on the screen. That's one, my only complaint, but I think it's... The, one of the best features about the game. <clears throat> hey, oh, let's yeah, for sure. let's talk a bit about the worlds a little bit, okay? So, uh, did you have a favorite world that you remember, James? Just playing through it, or do you remember which ones you enjoyed the most? Just thinking back, you said earlier that you you implied that you might not have enjoyed Dathomir as much. <laughs> I think that might have been Trent. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I had trouble on Dathomir. I I enjoyed that for because i i didn't really know about that planet and the existence of it and then i went back to watch 
some select episodes of the Clone Wars, and I realized that that's an actual place that exists. And yeah. I thought it was really cool getting to see that and see how it connects to the lineage of Darth Maul a little bit and how they use mm-hmm. that, just a little hint to that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I think, oh, man, I, I think Illum was really the coolest plan. And I know that's a spoiler, but <laughs> it was really neat just getting to see that planet and then finding out later how that planet is the same planet that becomes the Starkiller base in The Force Awakens. Like, I had no idea about that. And Which I was like, this has not been officially confirmed, but like, we know it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you yeah, look at it. I have to say that because Jonathan is very much a, this has not officially been confirmed type of guy. <laughs> and he would be, he would be nodding his head saying, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you see, I, and this is cool. So James, did you know on your first visit, as the as the mantis is flying into the atmosphere, you see a shot of Ilum in which that whole canyon is covered up, possibly yeah. by cloud cover, or whatever. And on return mm-hmm. visits to Ilum, you get to see this, and you're just aware of this massive crevice that eventually becomes host to the Starkiller base, like super weapon. Yeah, yeah. And you're you're just like, oh my gosh how huge is this thing i mean it's it's pretty amazing and then you, you're standing on the precipice of this looking down and in certain places and you're like wow i i but i agree with you about elum that is a great world um it's also uh, for sure it's one of the, one of the cool things about that is like cal i think it's cal or maybe it's in the echoes that he finds but you you're reminded of like yoda and the younglings uh, yeah on from clone wars yeah, yeah yes exactly it gave me exactly those vibes yeah only yeah. only so, no cute wikis Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think what surprised me was I saw the Clone Wars episode after playing the game and uh. realizing the significance even more seeing the, you know, uh Wookiee younglings and everything. It's like, wow, this is really cool that this is all part of the lineage of yeah. of Star Wars. Like they weren't trying to um make up their own thing or like trying to go off of uh trying to make things right. They they were actually connecting a lot of the series together. Um and I didn't enjoy the gameplay of this as much, but I actually enjoyed, I think in the very first 10 to 30 minutes of the game, what was the first planet? It was uh, not Zepho. Bracca uh, or Bagamo. Bra- Bracca is the two. That's the, that's the planet in which they're literally tearing apart old starships. And yeah, that's where you I, start the game at. I love that just because I think it was like, wasn't it a, one of the, clone command ships that they were tearing apart or you could see the gunship at one point that made me really happy it's like they're not throwing out the prequel trilogy they're not trying to erase it or anything like that they're actually connecting it all together and when i saw that i was like okay i'm already i'm already getting hooked to this this is interesting so (laughs) yeah you could tell it was made by fans um because because of that reason and that's what makes it so awesome. And I think, okay, so originally Dathmir was not my favorite planet because it's like a crucible. Uh, yeah. But when you come out the other side, you're like, hey, I kind of like that. And <laughs> one thing I learned is that the when they were writing the the level design and the story for Dathmir, they were really specific about, okay, keep in mind what's happened on this planet. This is post-Battle of Dathmir. General Grievous has come in and committed genocide, essentially, on the Night Brothers and the Night Sisters. Yeah. So like that was hmm. they wanted they wanted to make sure that that was the vibe. You didn't want to get specifically. You didn't want to show up and there'd be thirty Night Brothers to fight in one area because it's like 
there shouldn't be that many. So mm. uh, that, was, that was pretty cool, I thought. Yeah, to that I didn't know actually that Grievous slaughtered the Night Sisters. I, I had no idea of that. I would be interested to know where Maul is, but I feel like that probably will be sequel content. Um, yeah. It would have been really neat to run into him, but it's easy to say that he was just on another side of the planet or, you know. Tatooine. <clears throat> well, he would have a vested interest in the Brothers of Dathomir being used by a Night Sister or, you know, whatever else to fight for her, kind of. Or especially mm-hmm. if he found out that Malakos was around there, this corrupted Jedi. Yeah. Maul would have came and taken him down a notch. Um, which, uh, we can talk about Malakos, but we haven't talked about Zepho. Zepho is my favorite world by far. It's massive. It's so big. And as you explore, you get so many different trains. You're in capes. You're in, like, you know, swampy areas with creatures. And then you're fighting tons of stormtroopers and, you know, different things like that. And then even later towards the game, the crashed Venator. Venator. Oh, so oh my God. That is probably the most fun place to explore yeah. where you're, I mean, you're basically what Ray did with, you know, in the junk, you know, in the, I guess, scavenging. Yeah. But you're, you're just exploring this. You're climbing up to the tops of it. I mean, just, it's sunken. And it's, it was really, really cool. There was okay, so there's specifically there's an area that I'm just now I'm just now seeing for the first time on my playthrough. Uh, it's it's off the beaten path. It's past a named monster, which if you're not familiar with the game, any monster you run into that has a name is a big bad dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and so it's past him, past some puzzles, and then you get to like the command center of of part of the ship, and there's a clone trooper that's been it's down, and you're like, well. He's got clone trooper paint on his armor, mm-hmm. so that's interesting. And you you do your force echo thing, and you get to hear um, the storm the clone troopers talking about oh we're we're there's a message that we need to be hearing, and, and it, it's essentially leading up to spoiler order sixty six. And then, mm-hmm. so then you can kind of put together oh I bet that's mm-hmm. how this Venator crashed was uh, <laughs> order sixty six happened, and then this all came down. This probably wasn't through a battle. This this happened from the inside. Wow. Yeah, the Order 66 stuff we can talk about because it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll finish talking about Zepho and we'll yeah, get to that. I'm not, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> but um, as, far as, as far as Zepho goes, like, the Zepho is also the name of a species, the Zephonians, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember anything about them, James, like from your, from your playthrough? Like, they're pretty important, but they're, you know, you see them in some visions and things like that. What do you remember about them? I'm just curious after six, seven months. You know, I think Zepho I actually <laughs> forgot about. I don't know how I forgot about all this, but... Um, That's okay. I was asking yeah. you that, and I thought you might have forgotten. I don't. I feel like this is one of the areas that the game actually kind of suffers a little bit in, is because those weren't as memorable to me. But it's mm-hmm. this alien, it's an it's a ancient species in which they built these temples, Right. Mm-hmm. The temple that was on Bagamo, the temple that was on Zepho, even the temple on Vathomir, that was built by the Zepho, the Zephonians, mm-hmm. right? And you yeah. see visions of the Zephonians. I believe it's on Dathomir is where you see them, um, and you one of them speaks to you through the Force. But anyway, they they what they used the dark side gradually. They were kind of driven to extinction, and then they kind of vanished into unknown space. And that was the story of them. Do you, is any of that ringing a bell? I think I think so. Yeah, okay. it's it's coming back a little bit. Uh, well, but it's really really cool because this is a ripe area for Star Wars. It's a very for me. It's obviously like 
the the Rakitan or Rakatan, whichever you pronounce it, in Knights of the Old Republic, that same species, which would you know very very similar, they had built the Star Forge using the Force, and then they had also been kind of driven to extinction, um, hmm. and the ones that survived had been stripped or almost lost their ability to have a connection to the Force, so their old technology they they couldn't even access it or use it because it required the use of the force but um the zepho you don't you don't meet any living ones unlike the rakatan so that's that's a little bit different take on it but zepho as a planet you know even me my first playthrough and that's the reason i wasn't trying to embarrass you james i just i was just saying my first playthrough i didn't remember that i didn't even pick it up until my second playthrough where i paid more attention to the lore and to the you know to some of those story things and quite honestly trent i'll ask you this after your first playthrough, did you remember all the characters' names? No, I did not. And, <laughs> and as far as I'm concerned, the Zepho in my in my memory before I did a Lord dive on it, I just thought, well, those are some weird tall aliens <laughs> yeah. that, that with, with triangle, triangle heads. Yeah, and... they they continued the story somehow, but I I missed a lot of that my first time. Yeah, yeah, I think that was one of the things about the game that really threw me off was you can't actually remember the characters names that well they're not very memorable because they're just kind of uh i mean if you read a book about them i think you would be more likely to remember their names a little more consistently but because it's just through verbal usage in the games and it's like they don't even say their names in full every time that you see them it's like you forget everybody's name by the time that you finish it it's like oh yeah i remember the the inquisitors and the, the night sisters and but then you know you get to the the name characters i actually had to go back and look at imdb just to review <laughs> what, what are these characters names like who was who is this alien or who is this guy who dies in the beginning so well let me ask you this then james just Regardless of names, which characters did you like? Which characters stuck out as memorable, even if you don't remember maybe their name? Mm-hmm. I think, uh, well, Cal Kestis is a, was a great character. Um, and I think getting to see Cameron Monaghan in a Star Wars game was actually pretty cool because I've, I've, I'm not like a huge fan of that actor, but he played the Joker, I think, in the Gotham series. And I also saw him play Winthrop in uh the music man this is like an old uh tv version of the music man that i watched when i was a kid but i just remember that specifically um but as far as characters go i really liked i i thought trilla was an interesting character i think that she was it was neat Mm -hmm. seeing how like once you actually saw her take off the mask it was kind of like you could almost empathize with her character because you realize that she's uh she's just a pawn within this. She's not actually like the yeah. main, like you started to see she... her more character. Yeah. More fleshed out. And the yeah. reveal we can, we, there's a big spoiler alert. So spoiler alert, everybody. Okay. Trilla is actually the former apprentice of Sir Junda, who is in your crew um, mm-hmm. and helps you out. And once you get that revelation and you got, you really start to discover their backstory there was a whole lot of the story elements that were tied into just the master apprentice relationship between those two and how, I mean, that's a, to just handling order 66 and handling Mm -hmm. like being captured, tortured for information, you know, you know, being willing to die for your Padawan versus, you know, what, what if, what if your Padawan's, you know, captured and tortured and turned with the intent of becoming an inquisitor, you know, obviously that plays into even a bigger story theme, the main plot point of the game. So I just felt like that was as important to mention. But um, oh yeah, Trilla is a great character. 
Trent, what was yeah. your uh, favorite characters? So I I definitely liked Trilla the most as a uh, as a villain. I I felt you know she's the second sister uh, of of all the different um, inquisitors. She's, mm-hmm. um, Which I don't know for sure if that's a ranking in terms of power. Do you? I don't, I don't know. know yes, if it's chronological. Jonathan may know. We'll have to ask him. Uh, I don't know if it's chronological or power. Yeah, I'm not sure. But she's the the second sister is her name. Um, but she was she was my favorite, and I, I think you're right, James. When she took her mask off. Of course, the, of course, her whole garb was cool. Like, she just looks sinister. And then she takes her mm-hmm. helmet off, and you're like, okay, she's got eyeballs. I can look at her eyes and, and make an emotional <laughs> connection there. Um, it, it's interesting. And I, ha- I have some more thoughts about her and how, and how implications of her dialogue carries over into other parts of Star Wars. And I won't, I won't get to the spoiler part of that yet. But anyway, uh, mm-hmm. great villain very terrifying to fight and, and on grandmaster level it, it takes, takes a <laughs> lot of swings to get her you know to progress the story a little bit yeah um yeah. I, I we interrupted you james were you about to say something a second ago oh yeah sorry i was thinking about like other favorite characters too and i think another one was uh i believe it was night sister marin um i think oh that yeah she was she was interesting because i thought that for sure she was just going to be a bad guy within the game and then uh, there was actually some the point where she became an ally i was incredibly surprised by that but i enjoyed that that aspect to it and one who i think was just killed off too early but yet his it made his death so meaningful uh was prof in the very beginning of the game yeah yeah good character yeah i mean that that little moment where he basically defends cal like it's almost like he knows that he has the force but he just speaks to to bring down the Inquisitors and mm-hmm. point out the fact that we're just being used. Or, or uh, I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, and a very sad moment, very tragic, which makes it so great because then that's the moment that uh, Cal Kestis reveals that he is a Jedi and he pulls out his lightsaber and screams no, and it's like that. That that's the thing about most Star Wars movies is that there's always going to be at least one person that, that yells out no and then like pulls out a lightsaber or shoots or something. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Prof was the first domino. Yeah. Towards mm-hmm. towards Cal becoming a Jedi again. Yeah. Um, for sure. For me, um, I loved Marin, like you mentioned, um, and I think she's really pretty too yeah i think think she was pretty like when they took her mask off at the end and she joined your team i was like man they're definitely handling this in a classy way star wars is not necessarily known for like great romance stories you know (laughs) but Mm -hmm. um there was enough like implied there that they might in the future at some point but that they weren't gonna they weren't gonna go any anywhere with it right away but it was it was cool i you know i liked the kind of subtle flirtatiousness that they got i do wish that and i know this is a single player so you don't really have a party it's not like an rpg style but it would have been cool mm-hmm. for her to not fall into the same trope of you know bad guy when you're fighting her grr, bad guy bad guy when she joins your party you know yeah. like <laughs> it's super super easy like you know, spongebob character whatever but um yeah she would she would have been so cool to use her power like even if she was there at the towards the end of the story to help out, you know, and I know she was used. She did use some awesome night, you know, night magic to disappear your whole ship. Yeah. So I, that was the interesting lore point about that. The only other ship to have cloaking abilities. Do you remember whose it was? 
Jonathan probably does. Darth <laughs> Maul. Darth Maul, who also comes from Dathmere, oh, he had a cloaking ability, ability on his ship. ship. And, and so, so she's, she's from Dathmere, and, and it's like, like, I wonder what, what that... that uh, there's, there's not a lot there, there but I wonder what's, what's going, going on with that. that. You know, because they... Yeah. Huh. So, so I, I thought, thought that was an interesting, interesting callback. Call to, to I wonder if his was purely technological, though. I, I think it was. Yeah. Because hers is definitely using Night Sister magic. Right, yeah. Which, yeah. it's really cool. She's the last Night Sister. All of them, all of their teachings kind of rest with her. So it's up to her to pass them on. And I'm sure she will. Mm-hmm. She plans to. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. as far as other characters, uh, remember Grease? What do you think of Grease? Grab some seat, kid. <laughs> yeah, oh, grab yeah. some seat, kid. We're arriving. He he was kind of interesting because I kind of didn't like his character. But now that I think about it, he was kind of the rocket raccoon of yeah. the pack, I guess, a little bit. Where he you know is very reluctant and is just kind of a jerk in the beginning. And he's like, by the end, he, he comes to accept Cal Kestis. And I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he... I think there's something likable about him, but there was a few things I was like, eh, I don't know if I care for this this alien at first. He had a good heart. You could always tell he had a good heart deep down. Well, and, and spoiler alert, um, there was the whole small story arc with him and the bounty hunters and mm-hmm. and the, the arena that you fight in because he bet against you, I think, or for you. I can't Ooh. remember. I think, I think he, he bet, bet on, on, he he bet bet on, on you. you. Really about that? Yeah, there was some, there was something there. I, honestly, I don't remember a lot from my first playthrough. I'm not there yet in my um, second playthrough. But there was mm-hmm. something there where he's got a gambling problem. So he's almost like a Han Solo type in that regard, where he's got like kind of a a vice that you know is not very. He's not, it's not smuggling, but it's it's gambling and in, in hmm. arena fight. Yeah, Ordo mm-hmm. Ordo Eris. Uh, that's when the the Haxian Brood captures you, right? Yep. And then you. Mm-hmm. If that's a that's a pretty common trope in games, you lose your weapon, and in, in this game you only have one weapon, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's it, the lightsaber. And your character is not really designed to be able to take on enemies with only the force. Um, mm-hmm. If it was Force Unleashed, you could totally do that. If it was Not the Public, you could totally do that. If it was Jedi Academy or Jedi Outcast or any of these other games, you know, especially the ones that allow for dark side offensive powers. You know, or even have light side powers like force push or neutral powers, which are can or can be ramped up pretty strong. Mm-hmm. You know, you can take out a good amount of your foes with just the force. You just have to replenish it. So you attack, run away, wait for it to replenish. But you're not really you're not really faced with too many of these challenges. And then you just get your lightsaber back in the arena, which you know. That was very Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, oh, I- <laughs> and the music comes out and plays, and you're like. It just it feels awesome. I was just waiting for the mutant raycore to to pop out, or you know, <laughs> some big you know King Kong like alien, yeah, you know, with yeah. with eight arms, you know. I will say that was an incredible surprise. The game being captured by a bounty hunter, I was not expecting that, and it felt so random. But I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And I guess that as you play that too, it can happen at different moments of the game. It's not just always the same exact moment that you get captured. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It brings up another question that I have, which is, why do you think, and I'll ask this to Trent first, why do you think that Seer and Grease were able to like rush in at the nick of time twice to save you? First on, on Braca, like mm-hmm. at the exact, you're about to, I, I guess Seer through the force, maybe? How did, how did they find you? How did they know you were even there? I, I've given this some thought because it's, at first glance, you're like, oh, well, you know, plot, 
Yeah, yeah it's very convenient. But really, okay, so once you learn more about the characters' connections and you learn about Trilla being the Padawan of, what's her name again? Seer. Seer, yeah. Junda. So Seer Junda, who is with uh, Grease on his ship. So yeah, one of the main characters in your party, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm imagining. Which I didn't re- remember her name after the first playthrough either. Did yeah, you, James? I I, I didn't actually. Yeah. 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 I just. I just. Oh yeah, the Jedi in your party who or ex Jedi who. Okay, she trained Trilla. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so so <laughs> so she she is probably tracking Trilla, and Trilla as an Inquisitor is tracking Jedi, and to kill and and collect their lightsabers and throw them in a bin because that's what the comic books have led us to believe. They just throw them in a in a big old storage container. Well, they they burned them like, like yeah. yeah. Sidious like holds up Yoda's saber and they throw it in like the incinerator. And it's like, you know, there's this big thing in the Senate where it's like applauding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, so anyway, so I imagine Trilla is tracking and, and kind of tailing Trilla. And so when she, when Trilla's down there fighting with the lightsaber, I'm imagining them on the ship and the Mantis thinking, oh, this is an opportunity for us to rescue this Jedi. So they try their best. And then the second time they magically find you, I think it's because Grease was gambling on you. Like he either bet on you or bet against you. I can't remember which. Hmm. And then when he saw the fight, sure he would bet on you. Yeah, but then he saw like, oh, they're they're gonna kill him even though he won. That's when he was like, oh, I've messed up. You know, I, I'm not gonna get my payout from this. I need to go in there and rescue him. So I think huh. there are like reasons for them to find you, but you kind of have to dig to make yeah. the connection. I'm mm-hmm. sure like the head cannon can make it work, and they might fill those in. Yeah, which this is way open for a sequel, oh, so yeah. we can get a lot of these questions answered. Okay. Um, we've talked about Dathomir, which is a really unique planet, great place to explore. You know, we've talked about Zepho, we've talked about Bagamo, we've talked about Ilum, we've talked about, you know, in even Ordo Eris. <sighs> we have to talk about Kashyyyk. <sighs> it was by far yeah. the worst planet. <laughs> I, I did not enjoy Kashyyyk. It's, it's funny because I think, I remember that I got lost on that planet, but... The interesting thing that I liked about it was that it was Kashyyyk, that it was yeah, well, referencing back to episode three and everything and bringing back the Wookiees and everything. Uh, am I allowed to talk spoilers? Uh, this might be a spoiler. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, what did you guys think of the return of Saw Guerrera, you know, Forrest Whitaker's character? Yeah. Uh, which is funny. He was actually replayed by Forrest Whitaker in that. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting how he showed up. And it's like a younger version of him, of course. You know, his character is... They've done... What they've done is they made him into that, you know... He's a rebel, but he's he's on the right side, but he uses basically any means necessary. And it, it just felt like more of the same kind of... Just, re, you know, it was rehashing that again. And, you know, he finds a Jedi or a Jedi Padawan, and he's like, ooh, I could definitely use your help. So he tries to recruit you, and he's... You know he's nice. He's he's good. He's helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for me, it wouldn't have been this. It wouldn't have been like them having a Ahsoka or a Obi Wan cameo or something like that. For sure, yeah. Like Saw Gerrera. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, it's cool. You know, Rogue One. You know, I, I like him. I didn't mind him. I, I think the way you meet him is he jumps on that ATAT while you're driving it, which just to me solidifies like. He's an insane person. Yeah. Who is going to jump? Yeah. Like, oh, I want to know who's driving this ship. I could just wait until they park. <laughs> or I'm going to jump on it. Turn the windshield wipers off. Yeah. So that was, that was a, a good shocking moment. 
That's very much like the like Chewie on top of the thing, and he just yeah. waves his arms in a, in a Re- Return of the Jedi. <laughs> He's just insane. He's just a crazy, crazy military dude, and I think he mm-hmm. probably enjoys the fight, obviously. Well, didn't you end up on this like wild chase on Kashyyyk? They sent you after Tarful, mm-hmm. and and there's really there's really nothing you gain from Tarful. Instead, you you fight the Ninth Sister with the Ninth Ninth Sister was cool. You rescue that big fight. You rescue that rescue that Pokemon. It's like a giant huge. It was a legendary <laughs> bird, uh, Articuno, and uh, mm-hmm. you get to fly around. Which the flying was cool. They showed off just how much of the forests you know, and they're massive. The trees. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really cool. They they really tried hard for the Shadowlands vibe. If you played Knights of the Old Republic, you know they tried hard mm-hmm. to get that. I liked that they included uh, tax or T A C H. I always call them tax, but um, it's like this monkey creature that you know they was introduced and they canonized it by putting them in. Um, <laughs> they, so they play an, a small role in the in the environment. Like they're curious, curious. So they'll be looking at something that if you go over there, it's probably like a little secret area you can explore. Really? Because I noticed a few times they were standing around certain hidden areas, and you had to, like, if you went over there and cut open the cords, it was something to explore. Yeah. So they kind of pointed you in certain areas, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. It it was a good, I guess it was a good texture. You want to have a difference difference of color palette, and they did use so many different colors and things like that. But overall, I, I thought it was a forgettable world. It wasn't, it wasn't important to the story. Yeah. And it, you know, it wasn't my favorite to, to play through. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that just could be my experience. If you guys had something different, say so. I, I didn't mind well, Kashyyyk. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, James. Oh, no, no, no. You, you go ahead. It's okay. I, I didn't mind Kashyyyk. I don't have a lot of thoughts about it. Like, it's definitely not my favorite. And I, and I guess if I had to rank him, it would be at the, probably at the bottom of my list. But that's not to say that I didn't like it. Um, everything on my list for this game is really high up. But uh, Kashyyyk, was, it was fun, and it was colorful, like you said. Dathmir was very spaghetti western brown everywhere um and so it was, <laughs> nice to, it was nice to have some color and mm-hmm. a lot of environment to look at but and more know. terrifying monsters that are gonna explode and kill you with lava from their insides yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and the, the clone, like seeing some of the clone wars era ships and droids there was cool yeah, yeah. but the, but i liked it was it was okay it was fun yeah the one thing i didn't like about kashik was actually the ninth inquisitor you didn't the like ninth her Inqui- no, she was annoying to me. Like, I just could not stand it. And I think it was so hard to beat her, too. So um, I think by the time I actually cut off her arm and everything, I was like, ugh. Like, okay. finally. <laughs> so I, I did not. <clears throat> the first playthrough had the same difficulties that you did with her. And my mm-hmm. second playthrough, I was like, okay, this is one of those big boss fights that they want you to, like, study and learn and practice and stuff. And so mm-hmm. as I started to try and figure out her style... And learn, you know, kind of the order that she does does moves in, and kind of, I guess you would say, download her fighting techniques. You know, you you get used to it. It became a more fun experience to to battle her, and you mm. you're you're meant to enjoy those boss fights way more than you would the normal encounter because of the because of the like special moves that you have to learn that are different strategy, to block. Yeah. And to try mm-hmm. and to try and parry in time just right, and realizing when they change their attack patterns and styles and stuff, and just knowing that, like you can be doing great for the first half of the fight, and then, like you haven't used any of your stems, you're great, and then just like totally get wrecked very very quickly. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> it's but and then isn't that that maybe Cal's strongest feat in the game? 
because mm-hmm. he he totally defeats her without any help when he fights Trilla. And now he does defeat Trilla. I feel like square on an even even fight. Um, mm-hmm. But against Malakos, he has a little bit of help from Marin yeah. to beat her. He can't. Which if we're talking about fights, we can in a second. But I loved that fight. That was my favorite fight in the game. Malakos. Malakos. I feel like that was the best fight in the game. We haven't talked about him. Malakos is a character. Okay, let's yeah. talk about him real quick. So, did you kind of get the vibes from him right off the bat? Like, who is this guy just hanging out on Dathomir? What's a human doing here who's just chilling? Oh, yeah. he, he was shady to begin with. Like, he's like, this guy seems like he's not a good dude. He's not someone you can trust. So, um, I... Oh, man. It's been, it's been a little while. But I think that... From what I remember, I was just like, okay, first first glance, I did not like this guy. I think that he's he's bad news. He uh, definitely has some hidden agenda within his playing and everything. So I think by the time you actually get to fight him, it was it was a good moment. He was mm-hmm. also difficult trying to get through. I think trying to defeat uh, mm-hmm. at first, and then when you actually get some help from, uh, sorry, what's her name, uh, Marin. Marin, Marin, yeah, that was a great moment. I think when you finally get some help and uh, oh, yeah. she assists you in the the battle and everything. I think that was the one thing that was a little bit annoying about some of these boss fights is that you're fighting them by yourself, and then at the very end, your friends or one of your companions shows up uh, at the end of the fight, and it's like, where were you ten minutes ago when I was just hashing out this whole <laughs> battle? Well, but that's just my opinion. No, I I agree with that because I was frustrated by her her late entrance. But if you recall, right before that fight, um, you you hand your lightsaber to Marin. Cal hands his lightsaber to her, and because you're not sure at that point if she's a good person or not, and I think that's the moment that she decides to start to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is she's like, okay, well, I'm I'm gonna think about this guy because the last Jedi that came, Mal- Malikos was a jerk and I don't want to help any Jedi. Right. right. And then when you show up and you're like, well, I'm not trying to take power away from you. If anything, I'm trying to hand power to you. Here's mm-hmm. my lightsaber. Um, you know, she's like, huh, he's different. And, mm. you know, maybe he's my boyfriend. I don't know. So, <laughs> Well, her character arc, she actually she actually gets a character arc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which, that's nice to have. You get to see her transition and her perspective. And Cal gets to go through that as well because he experiences seeing someone change their opinion on the Jedi because of him, which is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so his, um, his ending is pretty. Do uh, you remember how he died? Like what? What his Malakos dude gets buried underground. Yeah, yeah. alive. That was sick. That was pretty scary. Um, but yeah, I forgot about oh, that. Oh, oh, Bay Marin coming. Um, if they were to ever combine their you know teachings and she, if they had a kid that they taught the ways of the Force and of the Night Sister, which I don't know, Jonathan can tell us if that's even allowed, but. Um, <laughs> That, that sure would be cool. Um, all right. Let's move on to a little bit more on the plot-heavy stuff, okay? So, mm-hmm. um, a lot of spoilers ahead. ahead. Yeah, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for anybody who, at this point, you know, you haven't played it, and this is kind of in-game stuff or really, really important. So the holocron that you're after this whole game, which contains a list of every Force-sensitive child in the galaxy that the Jedi had at the time, that ends up being your kind of objective to go and get it. And um, it's really, really interesting because you have, you have a lot of time to process the implications of that. And really leading to, when you return to Bogamo, a Force vision, uh, really right before you battle with Trilla, I think, you, you see this Force vision of Cal 
in his own kind of, I guess, academy, you know, training his students and, you know, it seems like all's right in the world on the, on the surface anyway, but you know, there's darker undertones to it because quickly it transitioned into, um, you know, him <laughs> watching every single one of them be either hunted down or turned into an inquisitor and then himself mm-hmm. being an inquisitor, which Trent already kind of talked about earlier. Um, so what did you think, what was your takes on that Trent? I know you, you already talked a little bit about it, but you know, we, we got this list, which is really, really hidden well, and Cal has to get it, because if he doesn't, well, then the Empire's going to get it. Right. right. But he, he goes through this journey, like the hero's journey, of realizing maybe the best thing is not for me to take this and build my own academy, because literally what would happen? I'm not, I'm not capable of training him as they should be. The Empire would just hunt us all down. Yeah. Um, well, I think that a large theme in this game is evil people take power away from you. Um, and his his fear was that he would be taking their future away from them if he forces them to train as Jedi. Uh, and also maybe taking their life away based on his vision. I, I didn't mind that. My, most of my questions around the Holocron are uh, probably it's not something to be explored, really, but technological. It's like... This must have been a list of babies because it's an old holocron. Mm-hmm. It's at least maybe four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, well, yeah, it's definitely more than five years old. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of those kids that are in different areas and that kind of thing. Some of them probably been found by the Inquisitors, but um, already. But so, technologically, I'm like, hmm, how does that work? <laughs> so, I don't know. It's that's not really a good question in Star Wars usually. <laughs> Did you feel the story, James? I'm going to ask you this. Did you feel the story coming to the to the head with what he eventually decided? Did you did you think he made the right decision regarding the holocron? I want to say that he did, but then again, I feel like that could be open to maybe more information that could happen in a sequel. Maybe he made the wrong decision, and that might be revealed within uh, later tellings of the story and everything uh, based upon future events. I saw that as like Cal coming to the Cal come, he he came to a place of I'm trusting in the Force. These mm-hmm. names and these children, by the time were, were kids at the time, you know, I'm gonna trust them in the hands of the Force, and rather than involve them in what will obviously lead them down a very difficult life, you know, maybe maybe the Force will provide ways for some of them to learn the Force, you know. In other ways, or, you know, eventually Mm -hmm. we can, once things change, they can be found and helped. Um, But by destroying that holocron, he obviously, he cut off any chance of either side, especially the Empire finding, which is, I I think it was only a matter of time before, you know, Vader came along and and grabbed the holocron. There was no way he could protect it indefinitely. Just having that That information, we already saw in the Vader comics that Vader was after that from Jocasta Nu. And uh, so he was he was wanting that badly. And if the Inquisitor fails, he he, he would have been coming. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it's funny because I was trying to remember like the significance of when the Holocon was destroyed. And I think at that moment, because uh, that was when Vader was about to kill you or about to grab it. Right. Am, am I correct? Or uh, he I'm actually, trying to remember. So the Holocon itself is cut in half by a lightsaber on the Mantis after you run away from Vader. Yeah. So I feel like within that that probably was the right moment because 
you start to realize at the very end of the game how powerful Vader is and how oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dangerous it, Which it would be. We've already said spoiler alert, so yeah, you get yeah. <laughs> probably the the one of the f- funnest scenes as a fan of Vader is running away from him as he obliterates oh, yeah. everything around you. We're talking about like platforms and stairs and walls just being like inception style turned upside down as this whole room is taken to pieces you're just fleeing for your life and if you don't run as fast as you can then obviously you die which is good it's good to die a few times today Mm -hmm. it feels good age wise uh vader is about 27 or 28 years old based on when uh revenge of the sith Mm -hmm. happened so he's he's a young vader and he's got a he's probably still got a lot of rage in him so it just makes sense that he's, you know, he's not, he's not old man, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm more sensitive. The moment, the moments where, where Vader shows up, is actually at a really critical point. Um, Seer and Trilla, they almost reach this moment of we're gonna be friends again, or it's almost like Trilla may come back to the light side, or she may mm-hmm. at the very least reject the Inquisitors because, you know, Seer. You know, she humbles herself and, you know, she's there. She's taking responsibility for how she failed her apprentice. And then right at that last moment when you're like, well, maybe maybe they can go their separate ways or maybe they can end on peaceful terms. Mm-hmm. You, you just, just hear, hear the breath. breath. And there's, and there's so many, so many there's so many YouTube, YouTube reactions of let's plays of people, people just like going what oh, oh, oh you know, you know yeah. the reaction to Vader's <laughs> I mean it's exactly <laughs> what the, the writers want it's fan service is what it is yeah it's sinister um, it's fan service and as a fan I was I was fully in support of it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I loved it and in that moment everybody's just like oh yeah she's dead yeah for sure <laughs> so yeah there's so I wanted to talk oh, she got the big dead I wanted to talk about that specific moment within and some of the lore implications there so. Vader walks up and he says, and all you see is his kind of his, his shoulder and his chest, but you know who it is because the breathing leading up to it. And he says, you failed me or something like that. And then Trilla looks at you and she, you see her eyes and she looks, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a unique moment here for a dark side user right before they mm-hmm. die. If they get a chance to speak, like Count mm-hmm. Dooku didn't get a chance to speak before he died because his head mm-hmm. was chopped off. But, but, but Trilla looks, she looks at you and she says, avenge us. And then Vader strikes her down. Wow. And I forgot about that. So spoiler alerts for other Star Wars medium. There's moments like that that are similar uh, with Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, after Obi-Wan and him fight, he says, you know, is he the one? Talking about Luke to Obi-Wan. And uh, then, then there, of course, is Vader who, you know, wants to take his mask off and look at Luke. You know, he, he you know, the whole thing is he turned before he died, but he was dying. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, it, it's that was an interesting thing about you, if you're a dark side user and you get some exposition chance, you're probably going to regret your decisions. <laughs> yeah, that is that is an interesting point. In in all the Star Wars medium, I'm thinking of the people who have returned from the dark side to the light side, and they didn't usually last for very long. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Vader comes to mind. Trilla, maybe maybe she came back briefly, but you know Ben Solo, he was. He was back to the light. Yeah. yeah. For basically one little one little fight. Yeah. You know, gets him a little smooch from Ray. Ray. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then boom, he's and dead. then, I mean, he disappears. They wanted to make sure that we knew yeah. he's gone for good. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, anyway, so there's, there's, there's that's a unique moment. I feel it, like it, it, it was a very insightful moment. It reminds me of you know, people show you who they are in the moments before they die. Mm-hmm. 
it's a famous quote from the Joker from The Dark Knight. Oh, nice. Which is one mm-hmm. of the great moments, you know. And uh, he uses that knowledge to teach Batman. But um, anyway, so that that's a kind of a, as a good look. This, I think deep down, Trilla might have still had some good in her. Yeah. And I like to think maybe she could have uh, she could have turned to the good side. Seer, on mm-hmm. the other hand, Seer, she does save you, but you know she turned away from the Force, and the very the very thing that she turned away from. She has to embrace it again just to mm-hmm. fight Vader and to hold him back, which um, yeah. if you remember, you know, you run from Vader and you think, oh, I made it. Like, how did I make it? I survived and I went up this huge elevator shaft. I'm like, you're breathing. <laughs> and you're like, OK, I made it. I, I escaped. And then like a few minutes later, he just appears again and in another corridor. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, mm-hmm. crap. <laughs> I have no way this time. No, no situation where I get out of this alive. And then Seer shows yeah. up, she taps into the dark side and is able to hold mm-hmm. him off through her, you know, I guess intense anger and passion because Vader's kind of just like, this is just another day for me. Um, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> it's not confirmed, but there's a planet in the background when you land or when you drop in that looks like Mustafar. So it's not confirmed that you're in the same system, but it, it looks like you're like near Vader's Mustafar base. Huh. I think it was Mustafar, but or I, at least I thought I, it was. I believe it was Mustafar because, yeah. um, well, you you swim underwater. I I need to check that, but I think it was Mustafar. Or I think it, it, is, yeah. it, it it's either or it's very close to it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. the underwater stuff was cool, and the and the bay. I mean, it was very like, it was like kind of the Gungan city being underground, but it was the Imperial base. You know, um, mm-hmm. it was neat neat to sport. I would have loved more. There was there was every environment that was cool and different. I just wanted more time to explore in it, and I wanted more yeah. things to do. Um, and and post game, there there isn't a lot to do. Have you tried some of the challenges? Yeah. Um, the battle challenges that you could do post game, uh, <laughs> I've only managed to beat one of them, and the rest of them I can make it usually to the last tier. By the way, I'm on Jedi Knight difficulty. I'm not on Jedi Master. But then you think <laughs> there are alternative goals like. I think there was you. You gain skins for BD, like you can secret unlockables, and if you. But one, some of the things are like use no stems, and I'm. I just I used nine stems and I still died. <laughs> I didn't even win. <laughs> and then there's one that's like an additional one: take no damage, <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's the one where I'm just like, okay, yeah. they made this game for people who really, really invest themselves in, and they there is definitely a reward a feeling of satisfaction when you manage to i guess own the combat system and understand each victim or villain not each each enemy and you do that you do that properly and wow you just you just really feel like you just accomplished something but um Mm -hmm. for me i don't think (laughs) i don't think i'm going to reach the skill level i need to appreciate the game to that degree i think a kind of a standard way to say that um in terms of design is like it's a low floor high ceiling type of skill where it's like there's not a lot for entry. It's a very wide audience that it appeals to, but the people who are like Dark Soul fans, you know, they can definitely get into that and appreciate the difficulty level um, at, at that more intense gameplay and mm-hmm. constraints. So, yeah. And I've never, I've never played Dolph. Have you played James Dark Souls? What was what was the game? I'm sorry, I cut it out. A second. Have you? Uh, I was well. Trent's making a comparison to Dark Souls, and everywhere I've read has said Fallen Order is not near as hard as Dark Souls. But 
it is very much in that same vein and it's taking a lot of a lot of the principles that make it a challenge and also rewarding and it's putting them in the Star Wars universe and probably making it a little easier but um I've never played I've never played Dark Souls. It's not it's not my desire to go in and just get slaughtered over and over again and just wait <laughs> through loading screens. And that that is honestly why we started this talking about loading screens, this discussion mm-hmm. is because I died a lot and then even though I was trying to get better, the loading screens just when you get out of a rhythm and you're trying to improve, you you're you're trying to go into a fight over and over again, but then you have mm-hmm. to get you have to respawn, wait for the screen and then run back to the enemy. And it's taken yeah. you it's taken you five minutes between attempts to beat Algo Bogdo or whoever the boss is. Yeah. You've already lost your rhythm and then you just you feel like you're you're going through this cycle of like, I'm not getting any better. Um Yeah. And then that's when you look at YouTube videos and they're like, Okay, you need to get yeah, good. Come on, movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the advice. Get good. Get good. Yeah. I had to do that sometimes, I think, uh, through playing the game. Actually, the gameplay itself, uh, I didn't play Dark Souls, but it kind of reminded me of Shadow of Mordor a little bit. Um, When I played through that game, I think there's some moments where you get to the boss fights, and there's one scene, I think it's specifically the boss fight in Dathomir, where you're fighting that giant owl-like creature that's like, uh, I I can't even remember the name of it. but um, Gorgara. Gorgara? Okay, yeah, I think that that whole moment it was it was very interesting because when I was playing that, it felt like it was made by some of the same creators who worked with Shadow of Mordor and everything because it it just felt like very similar in the the button mashing and like you know trying to move around, trying to move away from the location. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was very interesting. Hmm. Well, did you have anything about that fight? That yep. you wanted to talk about? Well, there's a lot of big epic moments that were designed for that game. Gorgara is the giant bat, and it absolutely is my favorite moment in that game. It's so epic. So, yeah, just wanted to, to add that. And I wanted to turn the question to you guys real quick. Just, did you have a an overall favorite moment in the game? Hmm. Well, mine is the one we haven't talked about, Order 66. Mm. And that was yeah. absolutely, I feel like, the, the strongest point because you feel the emotion you're you're able to experience it from the perspective of Cal as a, as a Padawan and your master, you know, kind of alongside you, you get to see him and he's a Lasat, which is really cool, um, for, for mm-hmm. rebel fans. Um, but, uh, and what, what was his name? Um, Jorah, Jorah, to Paul, I think. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's really cool, but gosh, they pulled the revenge of the Sith score and they put it in there and yeah. you walk down the hall and you're like, high-fiving clone troopers and they're saying nice things to you and yeah. then and you and you know it's coming soon and you yeah and, and moments later you're crawling through ventilation shafts while they like heartlessly try and murder you and you're mm-hmm. you know trying to you're swinging through like the interior parts of the ships and climbing and just fleeing for your life and then of course your master you know he's sacrificing himself best part in the whole game was just the ties in, you know, I would love to see, and and I we've already Jonathan and I talked quite a bit about this when we did, you know, we've talked about the finale to the Clone Wars, which was you know gorgeous, beautiful, Clone Wars finale with Order sixty six. You know, if you just mm-hmm. put all of that in like a back to back thing, and you watched, you did, you know, did you did the Fallen Order gameplay, and then you watched the end of end of Clone Wars, Wars and yeah. then you watch Revenge of the Sith. There's some tie ins there for sure. You just experienced the full weight of it. But, um, yeah, that's my main stick-out moment was Order 66. What about you, Trent? 
That's that Golgara fight for sure. That so, was yeah. yeah. yeah um, James, do you have one that you like? You felt like was the your biggest moment that you liked? I would have to agree with Nathan about Order sixty six. I think that was the moment that I was wanting to see the most. Uh, which I know you're not supposed to know about in the game. I actually heard about it uh, from a spoiler from YouTube, unfortunately. But nonetheless, like still getting to be in that moment, I think it was so exhilarating. And just, I, I agree. I think having the rehashing of the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack, it was like, it, it was just amazing getting to go through that whole sequence and then um, seeing your master getting killed and everything and then seeing Cal in, in anguish. And I think what was amazing about that whole sequence and any sequence of a flashback with Cal is how they used a a younger version of Cameron Monaghan. And I remember first seeing hmm. that guy again, like when he was just, uh, he was just a kid. He played Winthrop and, and the music man. And I was like, that's amazing that they did that. And they were able to pull that off um, to create him as a, a Jedi youngling with the whole Padawan uh, braid and everything. I thought that that was such a beautiful moment of the mm-hmm. game, getting to, to put that in there. And to really bring a lot of humanity into his character of why he stopped being a Jedi and why he ran and just like mm-hmm. you could feel the fear uh, that that he was probably experiencing when he uh, went through that moment. And so I love that that whole yeah. sequence. It was incredible. So overall, like I feel like the strongest thing of this game does is it gives you a, a great main character which you get to take you get to take a glance into his journey you know you rediscover what it is to be a jedi in in several ways you know not just your powers but also in what does it mean in you know in my beliefs to be a jedi you get to go through that you know you 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 definitely explore some great worlds platforming was fun yeah. the combat this is a game designed around combat around challenging you and getting you to buy in and learning this system and investing a lot of time into getting good at it so that you just you know and even the evious difficulty is not something that you can just like effortlessly play through it's right. it's you, you still can die um mm-hmm. but i feel like the game does have a lot of strong points and um that i feel like the the, the weak points well we could talk about some of the weak points but you know the weak points are not enough to discourage me from telling you you should play this game absolutely mm-hmm. this this game is beautiful it's it's definitely as far as clean you're not going to encounter a lot of bugs i think story wise it's it's good we've we've talked about how you know some of the characters are forgettable yeah. but you know I, I i definitely hope that there's a second one um, i think they i think they have talked pretty seriously about a sequel yeah yeah and, and honestly, the, the name itself, Fallen Order, does not pin us down to Cal Kestis' story. We could learn about a lot of different Padawans that, you know, that, that happened to. Mm. So. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting to see what they, how they expand it in the next story. Did you have any final thoughts about the game that we haven't talked about, James? Oh, boy. I wrote a few notes down. Um, I think if we were to mention one thing that... I did have a bit of an issue with is there are some glitches in the game that you can find. And the first time that I was fighting, well, really uh, when I was fighting Trilla, there was a glitch that I found when I was playing the game where she, I I would fight with her and then I would kind of like run away to make sure she would stop hitting me. And I was not very good at like the delayed (laughs) attacks and everything. Um, But uh, I, I would run away and then I would come back and then I would fight her and then keep, keep hitting her and then run away and then when I finally got to the point where I lowered her health and I hit, made the last hit, 
all of a sudden she disappeared. It was a really oh. weird moment of playing the game. And that's the moment where you're supposed to see the cutscene of uh, her, you know, about to surrender, and then and then Darth Vader shows up and everything. I think that um, so that, that was, was that was a bit of a disappointment because you played it where, in what did you say you played this in in 2019, right? This is in 2019. Yeah. yeah. So there there have been patches since then and DLC content to make some of the pre-order exclusive available. So that that a lot of those have been fixed. But okay. I I um, I've had the glitch where I did infinite falling one time. <laughs> and eventually I just fell back onto the level about where I was before. Hey, you know? Okay. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah there, there like are a, a few. Combat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah, the infinite folks. I see what you're saying. Insert coins to, <laughs> to be saved from. <laughs> what else is on your notes, James? Uh... Well, I think that was the that was the main the main issue I had with the game, or like the one thing I was just like, I think if they had taken a little bit more time to have adjusted that and fixed some of the the flaws with it, I think it would have been probably an amazing game overall. Uh, but I still think it was great. I think as far as the storyline, which is the main thing that I look for in a game, I think that it did very well to allude to different elements of Star Wars that the fans love and adore, while creating a new character arc and storyline that we've never seen before and um so overall i would give it a i think at least eight out of ten if anything so Mm -hmm. well you i think you might you might even think eight and a half if you went back and did a new game plus and Mm -hmm. uh, gave yourself the option to play through it without the hassle of i have to find every poncho because you already have all the ponchos (laughs) um and you can have a cool lightsaber of your design and choosing you know right from the start um, so that that might be something for you. Plus the red. I mean, the Sith Inquisitor outfit. It, it does. It is pretty cool. Um, so that's anything that you have, Trent, that would be like kind of wrapping up the game, yeah. kind of thoughts on it? I, uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm a huge fanboy of Respawn. Since Titanfall 1, oh, I, I knew that this was going to be a good company. Uh, the guys that founded it are the brains behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, and their main drive is just games that feel good. So much so that the logo for Respawn is the letter R in Braille. Because they are focused on making a game feel good. So you can feel the R. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of, a cool, kind of a funny nod there. But I think, you know, it's, it's similar to, to the world of comic books and, and even directors. When you find one that you like, you kind of follow what they create because it's going to be good. So I would recommend anybody to just watch what Respawn does because it's hopefully going to be good and if it's star wars related hopefully it's going to be great and i would agree eight eight is a fair respectable review um i would i would say nine but i realize that i'm very biased towards that developer uh it's just a great great game yeah i would say for me i'm going to give it eight and a half out of ten and fully recommend that you know anybody has the chance to play it go for it yeah and uh you know i think that kind of wraps up everything we've talked about but um we really uh, we uh, we had fun having James and Trent back on the podcast this episode. We'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what we will be discussing on the next episode. All right, so uh, Nathan, do you want to announce what our next topic is going to be? 
Well, yes, I do, because our next topic is something I'm very interested in talking about, and that is the Star Wars soundtracks. So we're actually going to discuss all nine episodes, and we're going to rank them, plus, and at request of Jonathan, we'll be including Rogue One, Solo, and uh, those will be really you know, fun to kind of discuss in terms of, you know, what do we like and what, what were really some of the greatest moments. And uh, I get excited thinking about it because these are just absolutely phenomenal soundtracks that have at least, you know, uh, I'm already getting into it. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, so we will be discussing the soundtracks to the Star Wars films. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. You and I are both big into music, and that's like the first thing we do when we want to go watch a movie is just go listen to it, uh, the music that is. But uh, until next time, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Nathan, a.k.a. NP Pro. And I'm Trent. And I'm James. And thank you for listening to Two Sons of Tatooine. <laughs>